Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast where we round out all of the Star Wars newsy bits from around the galaxy. So you don't have to dick around trying to find out all the bits and bobs that's going on. We've got it all here for you. My name's Gary. I'm one of your hosts and we hail from multiple locations, or two actually, in the UK, if you couldn't tell. If you like your Star Wars podcasting from the UK with these fine accents, then make sure you're following or subscribing in your, follow, in your um, preferred podcast app of choice. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. We're on all the big ones, or just head over to sparkrebellion.com forward slash listen, and you can listen to all these apps for free. Thank you very much to those of you that listened to our limited run spin-off podcast for the Ahsoka stuff over the last few weeks. It was great to dive in and chat all that stuff with Ahsoka, but we are back to our regular broadcasting, that sounds very posh, our regular broadcasting schedule here at Spark of Rebellion. And those of you that support us, thank you so much for joining us as always. We appreciate you guys. It's all good. Uh, my name's Gary. As I said, let's bring on the other dude. It's it's the guy that I'm sure has got a Star Wars tattoo somewhere. I'm sure of it. He just hasn't said anything. We'll find out one day. It's Mask Ask with. How you doing, dude? I'm all right, mate. Actually, yeah, I've got uh, I've got uh, a very long name tattooed mm. on a certain mm. place. Um, Not that long. Yeah, I've got Jabber. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my wrist. Uh, <laughs> on your wrist, is it? Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. your little toe, no. No, 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 no. Side Good of the foot. Oh, okay. Woo! Steady. Have you ever thought about getting a tattoo? I've got one. I've got this one here. That's not a tattoo, is it? Yeah, that's a tattoo. Is it? Yeah, you can't see this, anyone, but it's on my wrist. What is it? What is it? It's a wrist mole. It's... <laughs> It is a dot. Ah. Oh, very nice. That's cute. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah, that's cute. Good, that, innit? Did that in yeah. Camden. Me and Sam got it in Camden. Oh, spare of the moment one. Nice. <clears throat> it wasn't spare of the moment. We planned oh. it, but it was just like, oh, she was walking past in Camden. She would just get it done because she's empty. Like, yeah, yeah, right. So it went in. It's like tiny. Anyone that can't see, it's like this tiny little dot on uh, on each of our wrists. And he's like, I feel terrible about this. It's going to be like, we've got a minimum charge, like 60 quid each. I'm like, <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> you could have done it yourself. Yeah, isn't it? I was That'd like, I could have bought night. all the gear for a grand and done it myself, you dick. <laughs> 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 what about you? You well, got you, your tattoos? Uh, I've got one. Mine's a bit soppy. Uh, let me I'm guess. not going to say anything. No. Is it a star? <laughs> Fucking isn't no, it? No, it's not. It is, isn't it? No, it's not. It it's is, not isn't star. it? Why would I get a star? Why would I get a, a star? Because I'm a bell end. <laughs> I'm not that much of a. I am a bell end, <laughs> but I'm not that much of a bell end. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a bit soppy. I won't divulge. All but, right, um, okay. It's not for broadcast. I would. Th- I I was thinking of um of getting one. Like our mate Kieran, who we work with, has got a really good sleeve or a couple of sleeves, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we were at Star Wars Celebration this year, we saw this guy with his mint Darth Maul tattoo on his arm and a really good Star Wars sleeve. But then it's a bit of a commitment, you know, the old tattoo. So I don't know. I was thinking of getting a sleeve done and having like a mix, like mm. a mishmash of like Star Wars and Batman and Lord mm. of the Rings and whatnot. You know, a bit of a bit of a geeky sleeve. I don't know, but when you're like 67, 77, 82 years old and you're rocking a a geeky sleeve, I don't know. Well, I think it's one of those things where like, and I also just don't like. Actually, I'm going to turn that around. I go through phases with things that I like in terms of artwork. Like sometimes I'm into like, let's say like the DC stuff, like you've got some Batman gear behind you. Like sometimes I'm into the Jim Lee style. Sometimes I'm into like the Brian Azzarello style. Sometimes I'm into, um, what's his name? The Ed, what's his name? Um, artwork from like the early 2000s, our World at War stuff. And, and, and then it's, so it's like, and then I also think about like actors. So for example, right, I'd, if I'm going to get a tattoo, I'd want like an Anakin tattoo and like maybe an Obi-Wan one. But forever I'd not be, I'd, I'd just... Especially with Obi-Wan, because Ewan McGregor's so prevalent. I'd be like, I know that's Obi-Wan, but everyone else just knows that's Ewan McGregor. Exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. when you get a, a toy of Batman that's Ben Affleck, and it's like, I've, I'm, that's, it's just a toy of Ben Affleck playing Batman. It's not a toy of, it's why I get like the animated stuff instead. So yeah, that's, that's what's always put me off, dude. 
Yeah, it's the changing of the of the mindset on that. Yeah, I read you. Yeah, and I'm the same with you. I've had this conversation with with Nat loads of times. She's like, "So you're going to get this tattoo done, or what? You're going to go? Oh, I don't know because one month I want this, and the next month it's that. And I know as soon as I get it done, I'll be like, oh, I should have got this other thing. Crazy, eh? But fair play to that guy at Star Wars Celebration, though. The commitment to get Darth Maul done. Life. On, on your arm. Yeah. yeah. Life. Yeah. Just take a few terms at the University of Life. But. <laughs> Should we talk some Star Wars, dude? Why? That's boring. Um, I was going to ask you how your week's been for Star Wars, but we just had a catch-up and you've had a really busy week. So Unless you've read anything. You, you've you caught up any more books? No? no? Yeah, I did the Star Wars. Well, I'm still doing the certain point of view stuff. Uh, okay. You know, The Return of the Jedi, I'm like maybe two-thirds through. It's a tough read, dude. <laughs> it's a tough read. They sometimes are. Oh, we said it last week on the fi- finale of the Ahsoka one, didn't we? It was like, it's, um, there's some good stuff, don't get me wrong. Like, there's some good stuff. Like, there's a story in there about, um, you know, when Luke surrenders to uh, Vader. Uh, there's a story there about the soldier, the, 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 the um, captain that he surrenders to. Which is really cool. He's like, oh, that's a different perspective. It's from his point of view. <sighs> and But then there's just some rubbish. Like rubbish. And then there's some good stuff. Like there's Nora Wexler's got a little story in there. Um, from the Aftermath trilogy. So it's like a little prequel to Aftermath. Um, but it's just... I don't, I, I don't want to be unfair and say it varies in quality. I think it just... I said it last week you have to go into those books knowing that there's going to be some stuff about characters that you just aren't interested in. And you just sort of, you've got to, you know, you've got to be all right skipping over them. So that's all I'll say on that one. But um, true, true. I'm hoping that they do a certain point of view for Phantom Menace in, uh, in a few years' time. Maybe we'll see if they do that. Yeah, that'd be a sensible move, right? Yeah, but they only do it for do 40 those. years, so we've got a while yet, but... Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but yeah there's lo- there's opportunity. Yeah, loads yeah. of opportunities for Phantom Menace, isn't there? Yeah, tons so of. Cool yeah. What about you, dude? Nice Any Star Wars gear. No, no Star Warsy stuff for me last week, dude. Um, yeah, when we get to October, I tend to read some um, some horror books. Oh, very seasonal for the old spooky season. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I picked up this Stephen King book at the uh, at a bookshop. It's called Night Shift. I don't know if it's an old book of his or a new one. I don't know. But I think it's... I don't know if I've read that, you know, because I love Stephen King. Yeah, same. Yeah, last year I read um, Salem's Lot. Week uh, The year before I read It, although I've read that before. You have to take a long run up with that one. So I started that in like July. But this year, so I'm reading this, um, this book of just like collected um, sort of horror stories at the minute. And then I'll, ah. I'll be on to that Stephen King book. So, yeah, a few uh, a few horror books. Ah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I like his, his little short story books, you know. He's, um, it, it, some of those stories, like like The Mist and all that sort of stuff that came mm. out of some of the Richard Bachman stuff is... Uh, oh, the pseudonym stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's really like Ru- The Running Man, like completely mm. different to the Arnie film, but obviously based on it, but... Just some real. There's a book about a monkey that's terrifying. If you've read that one, little. It's a little short story in one of the. I think it's the Backman books, and it's a short story in there. Fucking hell! Like I'm out. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Two chapters. Shit my pants. I was out. Close mate. that. But no, that, yeah, it's a good shout on Stephen King stuff. I do like Stephen King, mate. He was like. Sounds a bit weird. Like him and probably like the Andy McNabb stuff that my grandma used to buy me were like my first deep, <laughs> proper reads. And then as you get older, mm. don't get me wrong, I've still got a soft spot for the Andy McNabb stuff, but you realise how bad it is as you get older and read more stuff. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah. that's not a good one. Yeah. I graduated from Roald Dahl to Stephen King pretty quick. Yeah. That was a leap. That was a... Although, is it? Because Roald Dahl's dark as hell. Well, not when you, like, when you examine his stuff as an adult. You think, yeah, there's a bit of casual racism going on. There's yeah. A, <laughs> there's some dark shit going on there. And you think, like, as a kid, you just breeze over that. You're like, oompa yeah, loompas, whatever, whatever. Just little kid people, aren't they? Not going to say what, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then you realise as an adult, you're like, all oh, right. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah, innit? Moving so, on. Yeah, Let's Stephen, get to the Stephen, Stephen King, King stuff. 
yeah, like intentionally dark and, and twisted, which is good. Yeah, there's some good stuff yeah. in there. I did all the um, Dark Tower stuff a couple of years ago in lockdown. You did? You which, did while we were recording. Yeah, you, I kept asking you what you were reading. You're like, still on Stephen King. Oh, and there's a lot of them, but there's some amazing books in there. And they tie the universe together so well, like everything from um, the three little sort of gods to the the um, like the Atropos gods, um, who some of the Ahsoka characters were named after as well. But the um, yeah, just just the whole connectivity that, that that those Dark Tower books bring. Everything from like Stand by Me to some of the short stories to uh, the Stand. You know, you'll know you know the deal. Is uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's brilliant. He's like one of the OGs when it comes to, you know, world building, you know, him and Tolkien and all those kind of big characters. It's, uh, I not to bring it mm. back to Star Wars, but it sort of predates a lot of this Star Wars stuff, doesn't it? A lot of this universal building and the little Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And lastly, how does that guy come up with more hours in a day than the rest of us? Because let's face it, the output, right? Oh yeah, I know he's knocking on a bit now, but fuck yeah, that's in that is just otherworldly. Did you see him in uh, Sons of Anarchy? By the way, complete digression. Mm, no, no. Do you not see him? He's just you, you, you no. sort of. I watched Sons of Anarchy, and you turn up at this like biker shop that's like dark as shit, and you're like, this is this is weird. Like this is, too. and then the guy just comes out, and it's Stephen King. You're like, is that Stephen King? And it is, and you're, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> not because. <laughs> You know, because they're happy to see him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you don't expect him to pop up in that. And then T-1000 pops up as well. And you're like, this fucking show is mint just because it's got T-1000 in it. Oh, Robert Patrick. Yeah, he's good, yeah. isn't he? Get Robert Patrick yeah. in Star Wars. I love that guy. Although not a fan of him in the X-Files, though. Nah, he was too much. He was a yeah, so, cheap molder, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, mad. I love Robert Patrick, though, in Walk the Line and stuff. Get him in Star Wars. I tell you, he'd play. He'd play like a badass Jedi, sort of master Dooku esque, just turning to the yeah. dark side. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm in for this. Do you know what? I'm going to start a petition. Yeah. I think there's a website you can go to, isn't there? Petition.org or something. Yeah. Change.org. Let's, let's change debate the important yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, we're talking about yeah, Dostoevsky for... earlier. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's not his first work, is it? So, anyway, sorry, we digress. The Royal Youth. Yeah. <laughs> that was when he was in prison in Siberia. Yeah. Mm. Heard about your blockbusters. Right, onwards. <laughs> <laughs> How far are we in? Nearly 15 minutes. This is bullshit. It's not the worst we've done. I just want to yeah. uh, say thanks to everyone listening. I want to say thanks to Kevin because I know he'll be enjoying this. Like, Kev's our only fan that enjoys anything that we do. Anything the, the like the download numbers for this episode are going to be way down because people get to like three minutes in and think to themselves, "What happened? Yeah, what decision have I made in my life to waste yeah. this amount of time listening to a Star Wars podcast where they tout that they round out the Star Wars news for us for busy people, and yet here we are, nearly quarter of an hour in." And we've only mentioned the words Star Wars and not actually spoken about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, Good I am busy. So get to it. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. All right, then, to satisfy the people who are busy, to satisfy let's get the, on to the people first story. that have turned up for the thing that we said we we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. The very premise of the Unbelievable. show. Unbelievable. So unreasonable. Star Wars news. The first one is you know, that program that was announced and that they made and that they finished and that was ready to put out, but then they didn't. Oh, yeah. It's like a Jeremy Clarkson thing. We decided, yes, we decided to make a Star Wars program. And then we didn't. So, Skeleton Crew, all done. Jude Law, rocking and rolling. He was another one, wasn't he, that we said? Oh, he'd be, yeah, he'd be probably be good in Star Wars, wouldn't he? Because he's got that maturity now. He's got the big kind of mature head on his shoulders. A bit like, yeah, he was Dumbledore for a little while, getting some of the big roles. And it sounded pretty sweet. So, uh, the show was... Um, it's a, it was a brand new thing, wasn't it? And it was uh, it was meant to be um, this sort of... It was a precursor, wasn't it, to episode one, I think. Was it episode one or was it a bit after that? Um, where it was... Uh, I'm losing my train of thought here. Where's the, where's the thing? Where's the thing? Where's the thing about Skeleton Crew? Because this is exactly the point. It's been so long since we've had any news or spoken about it. I can't remember when the show's meant to be set. Let's have a quick look. Uh, 
follow four kids who make a mysterious discovery that leads them to get lost in a strange and dangerous galaxy. That's the tagline. And we did have some extra deets on it about where this was set. Anyway, um, it's been delayed till next year. It was meant to be, I think, earlier this year or the end of 2022. Lucasfilm was saying, yes, it's going to be slated for 2023. So keep your eyes peeled for all the things and uh, you'll get to see Jude Law in Star Wars. We were reason we weren't hyped for anything, but we thought well, it was a pretty interesting premise, I guess. Mm. And then uh, it's just been stuck on the old conveyor belt. No one's picked it off there yet. So now Disney have said it's 2024. Mm. So we don't know exactly when, but I don't know, man. I wasn't, I'd completely forgotten about this show, to be honest with you, mate. So I assume you're the same. You certainly haven't mentioned it to me. I know I'm not the only person you talk to. Mm. That's true. In life in general, maybe, I don't know. But, no, no. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a funny one, this. So this is it's actually set in the Mandalorian timeline. So I saw a timeline. Oh, it's Mando, sorry. Um, right. I See, the funny thing with this one is, yeah, it's it's got a bit of, it's probably got a bit of the Acolyte slash Andor benefit in that no one's really got any expectations for it. Um, because, I, I mean, there'll be pre-existing characters pop up without a shadow of a doubt, but the, the, there aren't any um, in the marketing. So yeah, I'm a bit ambivalent about this one. I, I, it, this seems to fit in with what Disney are doing overall, which is slowing down the volume of content, which I think it needed because some of the Marvel stuff has been shocking. Has been so bad. Um, and it's almost, I mean, last year you were just, you were finishing one show, you you know, you'd finish, uh, the Mandalorian and you'd instantly like the week after or two weeks later start Hawkeye or something, whatever, whatever that schedule was. Um, so I, I do think it's wise that they're, they're slowing the schedule down because they got hammered for the quality of a lot of the Marvel stuff in particular. I don't think that's anything to do with this massively though I think it's oh I think it's partly that but I think this is a lot to do with the the strikes and there's been no marketing um and I think that that's probably knocked on to things I don't know how far the acolyte is in production and filming um whether that's done principal photography or not but you know things like say they do do an Ahsoka season two say they do like the next season of Mando um which I know Favreau and Filoni have already mapped out and written but um if you if you think that there's been a strike on the knock on, much later is when we'll feel it. We'll feel it in eighteen months' time, two years' time, um, because the writers have not been writing. And I, I just I think this is just about spreading it out so there's content for next year. Um, it's still looking like it's coming out. Like there's echoes still coming out. Um, there's the acolyte that's coming out. There's, there's still a lot coming out. And it just it just feels like this is just a way of making sure there's stuff coming out next year. I still think it's going to be January, February next year, if I'm honest. Um, the marketing looks weird for it, though. Like, I'm all for Jude Law. I think he's all right. I think I'll quite, you know, never met him. Sure, he's lovely. Um, I'm pretty chilled out on his acting ability and whatever. It's not, you know, whatever. Do you think? Um, the thing that frustrates me, though, about the pictures that you see from this are they've dressed him like he shops at All Saints in 2006, right? <laughs> Haven't they, right? He's got a biker jacket on, right? And then like one of those scarves that Ewan McGregor in real life wears when he does his motorbiking. And that's cool. It looks great. But does yeah. a Jedi wear yeah. that? If he is if a Jedi. If he is a Jedi, right? So this is the, that's, that's the mm. thing for me. It's just like... And even if he's not a Jedi, whatever, it's just, they just dressed him like All Saints. They dressed him like <laughs> McFly trying to be edgy. That's true. Yeah. A bit like um, when One Direction went through their edgy face. Yeah. Like go and straighten your hair, get some blonde tips. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's go talk about a bit of Avril Lavigne. Let's go talk about a little bit of Linkin Park. Let's get edgy. Let's get out there. And when we're pissed, we'll stick Sean Paul on. Yeah. That's uh, the usual Christmas party at, at our work. Yeah, it's isn't Captivate it? Crew Christmas so party. Normally that goes. In, uh, yeah. in December. Sean Paul. Yeah. I see what you're saying, dude. And you're absolutely right. I think the strikes are going to hit... Uh, towards the end of next year yeah. into 2025. Yeah, because there's just been that massive uh, just black hole of nothingness because nobody could work, yeah. right? So when those strikes go on, you know, nothing's getting done. So, um, but yeah, I agree. It is a bit weird. And they've they've dressed him up so he looks like he's from, <laughs> you know, this whole ridiculous thing we were talking about the last couple of weeks with uh, 
when in Ahsoka when the galaxy that they were supposedly going to was that the Milky mm. Way was that the human he looks like he's from our galaxy yeah <laughs> he's dressed very much like he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's from another Star Wars world or, or anything so yeah it's it's kind of weird but strangely enough this only came about because somebody at Lucasfilm just forgot to file for copyright for the program until now. So the the copyright office have just flagged it like, oh, there's this new show from Lucasfilm called Skeleton Crew. So, yeah, probably do better, that. Better do that one there. Yeah. They do, you're right. They've literally dressed him. They've, they've, they've dressed him like, honestly, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google McFly 2010, right? <laughs> literally. Yeah. Right, I'm going to send you a picture right now. For anyone here, right? I am going to put uh, a link <laughs> in the show notes to McFly in 2010 and Jude Law from Skeleton Crew is basically dressed like any one of them. Yeah. Sorry, listener. I know you want to get on with your no, day. That's what you're here for. We'll get back to this in a minute. So what about um, Busted? <clears throat> they went through a bit of a... An edgy you know phase, what? didn't they? Because one of the one of the guys, uh, the bass yeah. player, just shaved his head, got loads of tattoos, went a bit edgy. I, uh, I met Charlie from Busted mm. in a music shop in Leeds once. When he was with Busted or with his other just, band? Because his other band was not Just too at bad. the end of Busted. I was in there, went in, used to walk down on my lunch when I used to work in Leeds. This is in O2. And uh, oh, yeah. used to walk down there, sound control it was called, massive bus outside. I'm like, you know... And he wants some strings. Went in. They were packing up, getting a load of gear from Sound Control for the gig. And he was there. I was like, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I was like, right. I did. I was like, I did recognize him. <laughs> I was like, all right. He was like, yeah, you. I'm like, yeah, just <laughs> chilling. I'm getting, getting some strings, whatever. I genuinely didn't recognize him. And then uh, he went, you, like, he said something like, do you want a picture? I was like, what? And then the guy behind the counter went. He'll kick himself. Yeah, later. that's like the guy behind the counter was like, "Oh, this is uh, we're sorting the sorry." He said something like, "Sorry for the delay. We're sorting out the busted gig." I was like, "That's who it is." Like, yeah, we'll have a picture if you want, mate. Did a picture. Went, got my strings fucked oh. off. That was it. Oh, this happens a lot. Yeah, oh, recognized. Yeah, yeah. Oh. he'll kick himself. Even from the airport. I like him from the airport. Oh, God, come on. <laughs> Keith. I was surprised you recognise him, though. He was busted for everywhere. I mean, I must admit, um, I have no shame admitting this. I, I busted are a bit of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I, I get that. They've done some They've done some belters, yeah. you know. Year yeah, 6,000 and all that. Mm. 6,000. Double yeah. it, yeah. Mm. Give you three. Double so it's a more, yeah. 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 But he's got the eyebrows, yeah. isn't he, Charlie? You've seen them first. It looks like a Muppets Big character. One. Big time. Yeah. So Jude Law starring in Skeleton Crew <laughs> coming next digress. year. At some point. Audiobooks. Oh. Like them sometimes. Not because I can't read. I don't wanna don't wanna mock people that listen to audio that listen to them just because they can't be bothered to pick up a book. Nothing to do with that. But we got some Star Wars ones on the way. And mm. it's the legend stuff. It's the old uh the old Legends books that Disney threw to the fire. Uh, they've put this Essentials range together. And uh, the stories are thus. Uh, one of your favourites, Outbound Great Flight. Mm -hmm. That's been read by Mark Thompson. Then you've got Survivor's Quest, also read by Mark Thompson. Also by Timothy Zahn. Uh, these are out uh, this year, by the way, not too bad. So December 19th. Uh, I'm not going to say this is a stocking filler. Go your own direction What's with that. What, Just what that are people going to do? Buy you a cassette? Yeah, that's cassette. what I mean. What are they going to? If if someone was to do. say to you, "I'll buy this for you as a stocking filler," right? All these books. How would they buy them? To put them in a stocking. Well, I guess you'd get get creative. I guess you'd, you'd put print your laptop little, in a stocking. You'd, you'd design your own little oh, gift card, God. wouldn't you? Put the Star Wars logo college. on it. And the he gets name Canva. The now he's designing gift cards for everything. Mm. One would assume you could buy these on compact disc oh, at some gosh. point. Yeah. Or mini disc. Remember them days? That might be a thing. I'll tell you what, mate. Lucasfilm, Disney, whatever, missing a trick 
talking about another franchise, Doctor Who, right? Doctor Who have had audio stories out for decades, loads. And every now and then, I'll probably say about three or four times a year, <laughs> it's not every now and they again. do a special edition. It's like, it's like every 12 Three or four times right? a year. <laughs> right. Semi-frequently, they'll do a special edition vinyl Oosh. release. And that sells like hot, like that yeah, just sells out bet, immediately. Like, like when Mondo do like nuts. the soundtracks yeah. with the design sleeves and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they yeah, should I'd do one of those. Guaranteed seller. That wouldn't fit. You're still no better off. That wouldn't fit in a stocking, but at least exactly. it's something physical. Yeah, that'd be me. You could give to some. Yeah. Anyway, outbound flight, Survivor's Quest, out at the end of the year. January, towards the end of January, we've got The Courtship of Princess Leia by Dave Wolverton, read by um, January Lavoie. And then you've got a story called Yoda, Dark Rendezvous, by Sean Stewart, read by Jonathan Davis. Not the rugby player. And then in March, you've got I, Jedi, by Michael A. Stackpole. Read again by Mark Thompson. So a few audiobooks here. I'm not sure on these, dude. I think um, I just don't... It might sound ridiculous, but I just don't have the time to listen to audiobooks these days. And the way that my brain works is that I cannot listen to um, podcasts or anything like this while I'm working. It, it just doesn't compute. I end up having to rewind every bloody two minutes to listen to what's just been said. I have to listen to instrumental music most of the time. So I don't know about these for me, probably not for you, but for people that do like their audiobooks, this is a pretty cool start to the Legends. Yeah, stuff. I was interested to see this, and especially because they're coming out in quick succession and the ones that they've chosen. Um, Outbound Flight and Survivor's Quest. Survivor's Quest my next read after this certain point of view, I think. Uh, next Star Wars read, anyway. And... Um, because that's sort of a spiritual sequel to everything that Zan did. It's like every, it's heir to the heir to the Empire trilogy. It's a sequel to the duology. It's a sequel to Outbound Flight. Um, you know, it's, it's the one where Luke and Mara go and explore the Outbound Flight remnants. Um, so really, quite interesting okay. that they've chosen mm. those when Thrawn's doing his thing. But also, I think just quite interesting that they are. You know, I understood why they had to bin Legends in 2013. I get it. It's a shame. But I get it. You know, if you've got a massively overpowered Luke, you've got decades of um, stories to try and fit into canon. There's no way that they could have kept it. And, it, you know, I think now most people that are all right with it just think about this as like an alternate timeline, which is cool. Um, mm. But I just find it interesting that they're bringing them back to the front of mind. Do you know what I mean? I just can't see. I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, and if you're a bit, if you're Disney, if you're a business, you only do things like that for a reason. If you want to, you know, we see um, Daredevil popping up in She-Hulk because there's a new Daredevil series. So it just, it's just weird. Like they've chosen Yoda, they've chosen Leia, they've chosen some Thrawn follow-up stuff, um, Luke and Mara stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm probably over-reading into it, but it just some interesting choices, you know. And to bring that back now when Thrawn's just come back, I don't know. It just I just can't help but think that it's, it's it's just a way of, at the most cynical level, capitalising on Thrawn's return in the in the media. At the fandom level, you know, are they just trying to remind us of certain things, ready for something else? I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into all of that, but I just thought it was weird. You just never hear much about legends. You don't, do you? And then all of a sudden, there'll be a there'll be a push from from Disney about yeah. Um, I totally agree. From a cynical level, it's like, yeah, Thrawn's back. Live action. Let's get some some legend stuff rocking and rolling. But I don't know. There's uh, another cynical part of me thinks that um, that the the creators now within within Disney and Lucasfilm are feeling a little bit of of a pinch in terms of their creativity because, as we spoke about many times, about the road to the sequel trilogy they've kind of written themselves into a little bit of a corner with some things. So now it's like, okay, we need some Star Wars content. We need some some stuff. But, you know, <laughs> we, we culled everything. <laughs> but now we need to dip into these things a little bit. So maybe it's a bit of, we'll start bringing these things back and getting some of these other characters from Legends and some other stories and stuff in the public eye a little bit so that when we include some of these things later on in a show or a video game, whatever, mm-hmm. people are a little bit clued up. So yeah, I think it's just because it's such a massive pool of, of of stuff, right? The creativity from a lot of those authors from back in the day 
such good stuff. And I know we've focused a lot on Timothy Zahn over the last however many years for especially some of the Filoni bits. But yeah, it, it's um, it, it's just a massive, massive pool of stuff. And I, I think if you can't just rewind time, you can't just say, oh, now it's not, you know, cold. It's now canon. It's now back in the game. Can't do that. But you can certainly dip your toe in and, and pull stuff out. So I don't know. But these audiobooks, they should be they pretty, pretty, pretty sweet. I'm not sure if I'm going to pick them up. I don't know. Um, I might pick one up. I might pick um, an obscure They're one of those cool things uh, to use your Audible. Well, if you've got a spare Audible credit, you're going on holiday. It's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to print anything out then. Yeah. Just keep it on your phone or whatever. You're good. Might get that Yoda yeah. one. That sounds pretty good. Check that out. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Um <laughs> This is a piss take. Right, so this is Variety.com. And the story itself is is fantastic, don't get me wrong. The, the, the crux of the story is uh, Guillermo del Toro was on the cusp of making a, a what's on, by all accounts, a really decent Star Wars film. He wanted to focus on, his thing has always been, uh, he loves like the creature shop stuff. He loves his monsters. He loves all that stuff. So he was going to make a film about Jabba the Hutt. And uh, he was... Um, uh, he was going to make this film, apparently the rise and fall of Jabba the Hutt. And uh, apparently they did uh, a load of work on it. Him and his team, they um, they, they did a bunch of work on it. And but ultimately they just decided to can it. It just wasn't what Disney wanted to do in the end. And he's not pissed off about it at all. He's like, yeah, you know, it's a learning experience. I said to my team that, you know, we do these things and it's, you know, we learn from it and, and it's all good. The, the, the thing that's a massive piss take, I find are the photos that Variety have used for the article. They've chosen this picture of Del Toro that it's like the intern has gone, right, how can I... I'm going to find a picture of Del Toro that looks as close to Jabba the Hutt that I can find. So they've chosen (laughs) one where he's not... You know, he's always been a... He's never been a slim lad. But they've chosen this image where he's got, you know, quite a big face. And the shape of his eyes and the way he's smiling and stuff... His eyes are the same shape as Jabba the Hutt's eyes. And the, the grin on his face and the picture of Jabba they've used next to it. That's a sneaky one from Variety, that. I'm not having that. But anyway, do you think this would have been um, a cool movie? I'm not really that fussed on this one. I think it would have been interesting, but um, I would have been fascinated to see Guillermo del Toro's take on it. And I think it would be interesting for him to tell a story in the Star Wars universe. I think you would find... Um, it would it would be such a different type of Star Wars movie that it would just have been interesting to watch. But I'm not that bothered about a Jabba movie. Like I'm, I just, I just don't care, you know, because it's like the whole crime syndicate stuff. And I'm, I like that side of Star Wars, but I just, I don't know. It's just, is that, is it big enough to make a movie out of? that you can put that budget into. You know what I mean? It feels like a streaming thing. Feels like, okay, I'll stick it on streaming. Bit of a streaming movie, like a $60 million budget. But then can you do a good job of it for that price? Probably not. Don't know, it just, nah, don't know. Just, just, it's, it doesn't feel right to me. I, the Del Toro stuff, I know would have been fantastic because it's always, it's always interesting. But it just, nah, it's, I'm just not, yeah. I just wouldn't be interested in that story personally. I just, nah, I don't know. Nah. You? Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I think it would have been reasonably interesting just because um, it's a, it, it's a very cool, that, that whole opening stuff in Return of the Jedi with Jabba the Hutt and, and everything is a really cool part of the film. And I, I don't feel like, Outside of the Clone Wars, I don't feel like the Huts, especially Jabba, has had much in the way of um, backstory or or the shenanigans that have gone on with his crime empire. I know that in the upcoming Star Wars game that's out next year, um, Outlaws, you're going to go and do a couple of contracts for Jabba and visit that a little bit. But I don't feel there's been that much going on with it, really, with his character. He's just known as the big blobby crime lord. Um with a sort of a one track mind and that's it really. So I don't know, I, in a way it would have been cool to, to dive into that character a wee bit and more so the surrounding characters um, that, that, that went on and so on. So yeah, I don't think it would have set the world on fire, but it would have been a, an interesting one. And 
And uh, so the screenwriter, um, David S. Goyer, was working with him on another Star Wars project. This was going to be mm. the treatment for the Origins Jedi movie, which is now going to be done by somebody else. Um, so that would have been interesting as well, because I feel like that probably would have had a darker tone to it if those two have got hold of it, uh, which is interesting. But anyway, um, lots of stuff that went on behind the scenes, which we know happens all the time at, at, at Disney and so on. And um, uh, and Del Toro did say that uh, mm-hmm. there was loads of stuff that was going on behind the scenes at the time. He said it was a cool script and everything. He said, but it's their money. It's their mm-hmm. franchise. It's their thing. You know, they do what they want with it. it I, I, he was basically insinuating that, yeah, there's plenty of money on the table. You know, they've got lots of stuff in production probably, but I think a hell of a lot starts early production and then just doesn't go anywhere there's like lots of ideas kicking around lots yeah. of early scripts designs and stuff and it's one of those isn't it? like they just can't be bothered. yeah it's quite graceful with it it's sort of, it's sort be, of just saying I mean, well this yeah. is like the process this is normal like it's, and it, i think vincent d'onofrio said something like mm. this on twitter the other day because they've basically it looks like they've started daredevil reborn again they've just binned everything and started again um and he was, everyone was like, I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. And he was sort of replying to a few people saying, look, this happens all the time. You just don't see it. It's just not reported on. Um, so Del Toro mm, was quite true. graceful in that. You know, it was, I, I thought it was quite nice how he approached his team and said, you know, we did good work on this. You know, which I thought was quite nice. Yes, defo. Yes, important. Yeah. And we had this with you and McGregor as well. Remember when they, mm. they were going to start filming and then it was delayed? because there were some problems with the script and everyone was losing their mind. And he was like, look, yeah. this is exactly the, pro- this is what happens with probably most TV shows. You just don't know about it. There's always like script rewrites and changes and everything. And we put stuff back. The only reason why you know about it is because some dude yeah. somewhere decided to tweet about it. If he hadn't, this would, you'd never, you know, think there was a problem. So yeah, totally get that. Totally get that. Um, anyway, Oh, Del Toro. He was going to do. Um, mm. He was going to do a Lord of the Rings film as well. In fact, he was going to do the trilogy before Peter Jackson, I believe. He had already worked up a load of stuff, and Peter Jackson wanted him to come back and direct the second and third ones, maybe or something like that. Mm. Mm. So he's missed out on a couple of big ones, isn't he? I know he's done some great work in his own right, but yeah, missed out on a on a couple of big ones. Let's um, let's finish up with some sure. gaming news, shall we? Star Wars games, gameage, uh, the Iger. The dude who's back in the hot seat. You could be. Yeah. Both nothing in the hot seat. Yeah. Came back, retired. What a what a piss around. Look, love. I've had this phone call a minute ago. I know that we've bought this house on the lake. We're gonna be chilling out there, it's all good, but I'm not gonna be there that often now. What do you mean? You just retired. No. Not in this game. No one ever really retires, do they? They've screwed it big time. Yeah. Need big. So now Bob I've back. got to step in sort it out oh go on then go on then you know because i'm being entertained anyway by the tennis coach and the gardener and everyone so i'm good you go and do your thing so i goes back and um all the execs at around him are basically saying look you need to start putting more stock in video games you need to push this a little bit more because you know we're loving the whole disney plus thing and some of the films that you're not making you know we love all that but there's a, there's a, we're losing the market a little bit with the old video games. So uh, they want him to acquire uh, a big publisher and some of the names on the table, mm. uh, uh, companies they've worked with for years already, um, uh, would be Ubisoft and uh, EA. So EA held the exclusivity license with Star Wars for years and years. I think starting with the first Battlefront game, I think. And uh, so their their names on the table. And uh, they also want to talk to Ubisoft. So Ubisoft are, which I can't see happening, but Ubisoft are making this other Star Wars games at the minute. And uh, I don't know about this one, dude. I mean, it feels like, because there was such a lovely golden age of video games that that happened with Star Wars back in the sort of mid-90s, I guess, up until the early 2000s or mid-2000s. And uh, some cracking games. And it was, there was such a huge pile of games to choose from as well. And lots of different Lots of different things, you know. We had like racing games, we had real-time strategy games, and first-person shooters, you know, all that stuff. But now it just seems like we've defaulted to the stuff that, you know, the quote-unquote the proper gamers want. You know, so it's either um, a third-person Souls-like game like Jedi: Fallen Order or Survivor, or it's a first-person shooter like Star Wars Battlefront because they want to compete with like Call of Duty and 
and all those things. So um, I'm really up for this, dude. I think if they can get some more Star Wars games happening, because there was a, some really cool, like um, the Jedi Outcast games were really good. And um, the as much as people hated it, I really liked the Phantom Menace game. And then there was also the um, pod racing game as well. And there was a couple of really good, like I said, RTS games. There was one um, Empire at War, which is really good. I lost hours and hours to that. But you just don't see that anymore because Disney don't have the they don't have the coin to pump into it. You know, they've just got a set budget for a couple of games at the minute, and that's your lot. So I know you're not the biggest game of, of these days, but would you like to see more? a more like a varied approach to Star Wars games and go back to sort of the old, you know, the old LucasArts, you know, those sorts of days where it was like, you know, lots of games um, coming, but not I so think much. So as days. long as the quality was up there, um, I, and it, from a business standpoint, I can see why he's being pushed to do it because the gaming industry is like, I think I read something last week. It's becoming bigger than the movie industry. It's, it's about to tip over. I don't know how true that is, but um, yeah, I, I understand why this is, a big deal for them. And I mean, obviously EA is the big one um, from a purchasing perspective, just, I feel like they've got sort of the bigger, uh, the bigger catalog and bigger opportunity. Plus they've got, they've got a lot of heritage in this sort of stuff. Obviously Ubisoft has as well, but I just feel like EA is the, feels like the more obvious choice. Um, and it just, it feels like a bit of a double-edged sword. You know, you think about Marvel bringing Marvel TV in-house, taking it away from Jeff Lowe, building Marvel TV studios, mixed results. But then it was mixed results before that. So it's, you know, rather than being a licensee, do you know, is, is there more money on the table, more creative control? Or does it become, you know, the sequel trilogy vibe? You know, okay, we want to make this kind of game. We've got the license for it. Yeah, but actually, we're trying to tell this story in a future movie, so can you push this into it, or can you push that? Um, from my own standpoint, I'm always up for more games. You know, I'm just smashing through uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I've got um, I've got the new Spider 2 on pre-order, uh, so that'll be downloaded in eight days' time. So I'm looking forward to, like, IP like that I really like. Um, but I do think the variety is important. You know, I, I'll only play certain games now. I've not even played Jedi Survivor, because it will be on Xbox uh, Game Pass soon. Um, I would have uh, probably April time, it's going to be on, on Game Pass and it's just not worth the 70 quid. So I think it needs a bit of balance in there, you know, a bit of a mix. Um, if you're releasing one type of game, it's probably not going to work. If you're only, only, only releasing, um, if you're only releasing games that feed the story narrative, that's brilliant from a geek perspective, but it's not, you know, it's not going to work, is it? Um so you need you do need that mix like we we've seen one of the, the the last news stories is that heritage pack of um the switch games that are being released um i don't know if you've seen that so things like the um remember the the the, the racer game um what was it called the uh episode 1 racer star wars racer uh knights of the old republic uh 1 and 2 jedi outcast force unleashed jedi academy republic commando um these are all getting this physical release for the switch 60 quid you can buy them cheaper on, on Steam. You can. You can buy them cheaper on Steam. But you pay a premium for the Switch, the ability to walk around with a Switch and take it with you. That's why Switch games don't seem to get any cheaper. Um, so I think if there's if they look at that diversity, like you said, back in the back in the old LucasArts days, if they, they look at what made that such a nice period, and it is that diversity in game type. Now, I don't know if we've seen that over the last few years. We've got Jedi Survivor, We've got squadrons, arguably. Battlefront, sort of a mix between the two in terms of gameplay. Um, and then the Outcast one that's coming soon. You know, yeah, it's, it looks fantastic, but it feels a bit Starfield. It feels a bit Fallen Order-esque in terms of the gameplay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, if they were, if they were to do this, I can see them ramping up big time. And I just, I just want the quality to be there. Because the, you're paying 70 quid a game now. You're not paying 20 quid. Yeah, Arija. And that collection, uh, we, this is the last story, by the way, dear listener, is the um, is this uh, Heritage Pack coming to Switch. And when you look at the, um, when's that dropping, actually? Uh, December 8th. So this is um, this is going to be 60 bucks for this. And But if you look at the, the collection of games that they've got in here, these are the types of things that we just don't see anymore. 
which is I, I think maybe a push that the the other Disney execs are that that's the the motive for them doing that because I think Iger's very much he Iger's very much uh, that we've seen in the past is uh, you can tell that he's got some great ideas right because when he was when he before he left and came back Disney was on like a you know just huge no i don't mean just in terms of star wars and purchasing lucasfilm but like the disney parks all of that stuff under his you know when his name was above the door disney went from from strength to strength he's he's one of the outside of people like apple and stuff like that is one of the biggest most profitable companies right so uh he did a a massive job of that but the only the problem with that is you can't be everywhere at once right so you can't focus all your energy on like disney plus and what you're going to do with Marvel and stuff like that. And then you're pulled in this direction to look at what's going on at, I don't know, Disneyland Paris. And then you've got all these people sort of buzzing around your head like, mm, video games. You can't focus that much time and energy onto it. So I think all he needs to do is give the green light and a thumbs up to one of the execs and say, all right, you lead that. You know, I'll throw a bit extra coin if you need it. You know, another one if you need it. And there you go. You're off to the races. So at the moment, his whatever this is, reports come from, is saying that he is non-committal with regards to acquiring a publisher or a studio, but that could change like really quickly. So if somebody can sell it into him and get some other games on the table, because things like um, Republic Commando, for is a good example. Yes, that's a that's a shooter in in some respects, but more so that's a that, that's like the old uh, Tom Clancy games, you know, where it's like the squad based coolness, you know. So yeah. I'd love to see more games like that. And it's it's disappointing as well because there's no there's no financial commitment from Lucasfilm in the other direction. So there's a, a studio, I can't remember the name of them. They're currently remaking Knights of the Old Republic for current gen stuff. But it's in development hell because they haven't got enough resource to get it done. So it keeps being postponed or indefinitely, you know, put on hold, whatever. You know, back in the old LucasArts, you know, that would have been out the door. That would have been announced, done and out the door. So yeah, I'd love to see this happen just because I want to play some other Star Wars games. It's great that we've got the Cal Kestis stuff rocking and rolling. There's definitely going to be a third game for that. That's out in probably two years time, I guess. No idea if we've got Battlefront coming back. There was rumours that Battlefront 3 was on the table or a reboot of that series. No idea for that. The only thing really is we've got this um, Outlaws game coming next year. And we also have that... um, obscure game that was announced we had a really good trailer for it eclipse star wars eclipse which looked like yeah it's like a real dark take on on everything it looks like an acolyte kind of old sith kind of thing but that's been tossed into the abyss as well so yeah there aren't enough star wars games rocking and rolling mate so who knows but the switch stuff looked good you um do you own any of these currently for your switch no, not on the Switch. I've been a bit quiet on the Switch. I've been playing Zelda. Um, I, I go through phases with the Switch. When I travel, I smash it. Uh, and then yeah. I come back and smash it for two weeks and then I end up playing something else or doing something else. Um, so no, I don't. But I do know that, say, when I finish Zelda, I will. this will probably be the thing that I pick up um, when I go. Whenever we travel next, I'll probably just grab this um, and just smash through some of these. Because it is mint. It is mint having a Switch. Um, just don't mm. get enough use. But no, not, I've not got any of them yet. Oh, okay, but I know you've played a lot of these though, like back in the day. Yeah, on, but yeah. only briefly when I had like the dodgy boxes chipped. Know what I mean, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I thought you were talking about underwear for a sec. Oh yeah. no, they're always dodgy. No, the chipped. We got you got mm. chipped. Yeah, yeah. got chipped. Mm. Running my network cable. Yeah, <laughs> profit on that. Yeah. Uh, Jedi Outcast, uh, the Jedi Knight 2 game was fantastic. Really good yeah. character in that. Um, That's the Kyle Katarn one, isn't it? Kyle Katarn, yeah. yeah. Really good character. Possibly some more Star Wars games coming if Disney decide to um, to pick up the, the pace a little bit with this. Uh, otherwise, that's going to round out, dude, for episode 197. Thank you, thank you for coming back and listening to us back for Sparkle Rebellion, rounding out all the Star Wars news. No 
No tangents, no diversions, no chat, just straight to it, as you would expect from a professional podcast. Production quality. Yeah. Apparently our production quality is very good. So those of you that have said that, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It means a lot. Someone tweeted me the other... uh, what was it about a month ago six weeks ago did they yeah and said you 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 sound really good like the production on your podcast is really good because you remember um we recorded uh, last week or week before and this dog was going nuts outside yeah and someone said you must record in a, in a decent studio because your production sound is really good and i'm like no no wow we do not record in a studio mm. well it's these yeah. microphones they are pretty good mic yeah been around a bit haven't we yeah, we're not endorsed by Shaw. We don't have any sort of affiliate, but yeah, they are pretty good mics. Send us some mics. Oh, send us some. I've had a few it's mics a... over the years, dude, that people have sent, and I just in the oh, box. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Anyway, love, thank, you for, thank you for joining us for another week of Star Wars news. Uh, as always, make sure that you are following or subscribing to this podcast. That way you won't miss an episode when it lands every Saturday morning. So you can relive the old days of things like live and kicking and things like that. You know, on a Saturday morning, you just had your Saturday nailed before you did anything. You were just up in your pajamas, a bit of tea and toast, catching up with some cartoons, a bit of silliness. It's basically the show. Just get your cup of tea on, or if you're in America, get your coffee and your bagel, whatever you want, and, and chill out and listen to some Star Wars news. But you can only do that regularly if you're following, so make sure you do that. And if you want to support us, if you're like, do you know what, guys, I do follow you. And actually, I want to support you because you guys do a good job. And you can lob us some beer money over on our support site, which is sparkofrebellion.com forward slash support. And uh, you can sign up regularly. You can throw us a few bucks a month. You can choose your light or your dark side. Or if you just want to throw us some beer money, as a one-off, you can do that as well. And uh, those of you that do support us, thank you very much. You are very much appreciated. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Until next week, dude. It's been good, as always. Always fun. Good to be get, uh, getting back to the the... the, the the news and the digressions. Hey. Yeah, so see you next week, everyone. Indeedy. Until then, take care of yourselves and may the force be with you. Always.